All right, this morning, I'd like to start with you considering this question. You can write it down. You can just think about it, whichever you prefer. What is the greatest evil that threatens your life? The greatest evil that you find yourself praying about the most. You got it? Maybe for some of you, the greatest evil uh, is that word, that, that C word that nobody wants to hear from the doctor. Cancer. Uh, cancer is a great evil that people have to face. And, and the thing that makes it so evil and that we don't like about it the most is that it's completely random. We can take all the precautions that they tell us. We, we can try. There could be two people that live the same exact lifestyle, that eat the same, do the same things, put on a, the same amount of sunscreen, and one may get cancer and one may not. It's a great evil. Maybe as we live in the Austin area, maybe one that popped into your head is human trafficking, which is huge in the Austin area. Human trafficking is a huge evil. Uh, the fact that people... Uh, mind control somebody, control them, the, the fact that they kidnap them and to make money off of kids, that's evil. Maybe for, for some of you, uh, one of the greatest evils is losing your freedoms. That would be considered evil in your sight. Maybe for some of you, when you think of the greatest evil that, you, that threatens you, you think of mass shootings because they're all over the country and there doesn't seem to be a rhyme or reason it can happen wherever you are no matter where you are no matter who you are and yet I'm gonna tell you there's even a greater evil than all of those and the thing that makes this evil the scariest is the fact that no matter where you go it follows you it doesn't matter if you're at home. It doesn't matter if you're at school. It doesn't matter if you're at work. It doesn't matter if you're on vacation. You're threatened by it. It's scary because we underestimate just how scary and how evil it is. And compared to those evils that we just mentioned, we look at this evil and we say, uh, it's probably not so bad. And yet this evil has the potential to not just physically harm you, but has potential to kill you eternally. We're talking about temptation. It's the greatest evil that we face. And so it's no wonder that Jesus ends his prayer with this phrase. Here we go, Matthew chapter 6. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Really interesting. Uh, you'll see different translations translate this, but deliver us from the evil one or deliver us from evil. Uh, in the Greek, both translations are possible. So... It's pretty much up to the translator to determine what you want to go with. Uh, this, the NIV has chosen the evil one. Both are pretty much the same thing, right? Because evil and evil one 
are the same exact thing. And so, what are we praying today? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We, have, we want to answer four questions today. Number one, what is temptation? Number two, where does temptation come from? Number three, why is temptation the greatest evil that we face? And then number four, how does God deliver us from evil? What is temptation? Well, we all know what sin is, right? Sin is missing the mark of God's expectation. God says, hit here, and we fall short. God says, don't cross this line, and we cross it. Temptation is knowing what God says. He says, don't do this. And temptation says, is it so bad? Is sin really so bad? And that's your first point today. Temptation asks, is sin so bad? There's a story of a, a salesman named George. George was a boat salesman. Uh, and George was desperate to make a sale because it was the middle of December, 30 degrees outside, nobody is buying boats. And so he's desperate to make a sale. And so you can imagine how excited George was when a guy called saying that he wanted to buy a boat in the middle of December. You can imagine that George was even more excited when the guy said, I want to buy a boat and I'm willing to pay full price. But there was a catch. The man said, George, I'm going to pay full price for the boat, but on the bill, I want you to put that it's half price. Because if you put that it's half price, George, I only have to pay half of the tax that's owed on the boat. George sat there a second, and he said, I remember what Jesus said. Give to Caesars what is Caesars, and to God what is God's. I remember that God says to honor and respect the government, but is it so bad? I could just say that I put the boat on sale. The government's still going to get some of the tax money. And the only people who are really going to know about it, it, it is this guy and me. Is it so bad? That's temptation. And we've all asked this question, whether we realize it or not. Is it so bad? Is it so bad to disrespect and talk back to my parents when they don't exactly deserve my honor and respect? Is it so bad? Is it so bad to say, oh my God, when I'm not thinking about God? Is it so bad to go out with a friend and, and gossip a little bit about those people that we know. They will never find out. My friend's trustworthy. Is it so bad to look but not touch? Just a little lust. Is it so bad? Is it so bad to come home with all the stress from your work day, all the stress from your life, and just stress vomit onto your family? Is it so bad what two consenting adults do behind closed doors whether they're married or not. Is it so bad? Temptation asks this question, is it so bad? And we sin when we say, no, it's not so bad. 
But as Christians, we want to do God's will, right? As Christians, we want to say every time that the question is asked, is sin so bad, we want to say, yes, sin is bad. We want to. So where does temptation come from? Where does it come from? It's your second point today. The devil uses the world, people, and ourselves to tempt us. Temptation comes from the devil. I don't know what you believe about the devil. Hollywood's done a really great job of uh, making him more of like a fairy tale creature. You see him oftentimes in red tights, pitchfork, horns. Uh, it, it, he seems to be more make-believe than anything. But the devil is real. And Jesus talked about the devil in John chapter 8, verse 44. And here's what Jesus said. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. We learn two things about the devil here. Number one, he's a liar. And number two, he's a murderer. You see, ever since the beginning of the world, God actually created the devil, not to be bad, but to be good. And the devil rebelled against God. And ever since then, the devil's had one goal in mind, and that is to ruin everything good about God and about his creation. And how does he do it? He lies and he murders. You see, it's the devil who comes to you and says, is sin really so bad? Is it really that bad? And what's he do? He, he uses people, he uses the world at large, and he uses that part in us that likes sin. The part in us that likes to do what we want to do, not what God wants to do. And he uses all of it to tempt us. And he says, is it so bad? Is it so bad? Nudge, nudge. Take George, for instance. George was not expecting that phone call that day, right? And what did the devil use to try to tempt George? One, he used this person who called and asked him point blank, can you kind of cheat the tax system for me? So he used a person. He used the world at large, as George probably thought. You know what? There are probably many people throughout the world who do this every day. I could get away with it. Everybody does it. Everybody in business cheats a little bit to get ahead. And then he used that desire that George had, the desire for money. And he used all three of those to tempt George as he said, is it so bad? Is it so bad? And the devil has one goal in mind when he tempts us. It's not to be our friend. It's not because he's looking out for our best interest. He's looking to murder us. That's the devil's goal, to destroy you and to destroy me and to destroy everyone in this world. And he does it with such, a, such an innocent question. Is it so bad? I guess the question, though, is, is it? <laughs> Is it so bad? Are you telling me, Pastor, 
that, that if I go out with a friend and gossip just a little bit, that that's just as bad and just as evil as, say, genocide. Are you telling me that if I mindlessly say, oh my God, and not think of, of God uh, at all, that that's just as bad as human trafficking? Are you saying that those things are just as evil and threaten me more or just as much as those things over there? That is what I'm telling you. That is what I'm telling you, and here's why. It's your point number three today. Temptation leads to sin, which leads to death. Temptation leads to sin, which leads to death. Satan comes and he says, is it so bad? And when we say yes, that temptation has now led to sin, and what does sin lead to? Death. Here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Do you want a relationship with God? I think we would all sit here and say, yes, we want a relationship with God. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be here. We want a relationship with God. And what does Jesus say? In order to have that relationship, what do you need to have? Perfection. 100% perfection. It's not God having high expectations. This is literally what has to happen. The Bible says that uh, Moses at one point in, in his life said to God, uh, God, will you grant me anything I ask? And, and God said, yep, you can ask me anything. And Moses said, I want to see your face. And what did God say? Nobody can see my face and live because God Himself cannot be physically present in the same room as a sinner, as somebody who is less than perfect because otherwise that less than perfect being dies. That's just what happens. And so Jesus says, you have to be perfect in order to enter into your Father's presence. You have to. And so is gossip, is that little, little, little sin, is it so bad? Yes. Is, saying, is taking God's name in vain really so bad? Yes, because it brings you down less than perfect. You are no longer 100%. And what happens when you're no longer 100%, no matter how big the sin or how small the sin? What happens? Paul says, Romans chapter 6, For the wages of sin is death. What have we earned for just that one little sin, for being just a little less than perfect? Death. That is what we have earned. It's no wonder that Jesus says, Father, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lead us, guide us away from temptation because look what can happen. Look what does happen. Lead us away. Think about your life for a second. Think about the precautions you and I take to keep evil away from us, right? We install security systems. We have cameras. Uh, we lock our doors. Maybe you've gone to Lowe's and you got that door jam so that it's harder for somebody to break in your door. You lock your windows. Uh, you keep your house safe. Uh, to keep evil away, what do you do? You Google and you research what's the safest car to drive so that if you get into an accident, hopefully the evil of a death in a car accident stays away from you and your family. You do your research. You protect yourself. 
you and I cannot protect ourselves from temptation. Temptation comes to us whether we want to or not, no matter where we are, no matter if we're at home in a locked closet, temptation finds us. And so it's no wonder that Jesus says, you got to pray to your Heavenly Father, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. And the thing is, God does. God does. Next time you're being tempted, look around. Look around and see how God has, has given you the opportunities to be led out of temptation. The problem? We have free will. The problem? We oftentimes hear that little temptation inside our head say, is it so bad? And we oftentimes say, no, it's not. Did God fail? No. Can we blame Satan? No. Can we blame our co-workers, the driver next to us? Can we blame our spouse and children? No. The Bible says when we sin, we have one person to blame. Me. You. We sin when the desire in our heart, when sin comes to fruition and leads us away, we choose it. And it leads us away. And so now we're left facing maybe an even greater evil as it's all entangled into one. Lead us not in temptation. Why? Because temptation leads to death, which leads, or which leads to sin, which leads to death. And now we hit our knees saying, Father, I'm trapped. I can't do anything. I can't escape. I'm, I'm ticketed for death. Father, rescue me. And how does God do it? God does it. He rescues us from evil. How? Well, He rescues us from physical evil by sending His holy angels to guard and protect us. But what about being trapped ticketed for death. He doesn't send an army. He doesn't build a wall around you. No, He sends His one and only Son. Here's what Paul says in Colossians chapter 1. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You and I, we fell trapped to Satan's lies and we said, is it so bad? No, it's not so bad. And we indulged in sin. And where did we fall? We fell into the dominion of darkness, unable to release ourselves, unable to escape. But God rescued us by sending Jesus. Jesus came and He chased after you. And He fought every temptation on the way. He fought every temptation that you, that you face, yet was without sin. And so He... he comes running after you and, the, and Satan comes and he says, is it really so bad? And Jesus says, yes, it is so bad. Is this really so bad? Yes, it is so bad. And he fought and he fought and he fought until finally he was ready and the time was right and he dove headfirst into hell. On the cross, he experienced hell into the dominion of darkness where he came to redeem you where he came to bought you back where he came to pay the price to rescue you from hell, from death.
as He shed His blood on the cross, you have the forgiveness of sins. Jesus paid the price to bring you out of that trap of the dominion of darkness and bring you back into His kingdom. Yes, we have fallen into temptation. Yes, we have fallen into evil. But God has delivered us. He has rescued us from evil. The greatest evil that faces you and me, He's rescued us from. Brought us back by the blood of His Son, Jesus. You know, as Jesus closes up the, the Lord's Prayer here with, with this petition, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Uh, this was pretty early on in Jesus' ministry. I wonder if, as the disciples started praying this prayer, and they got to this petition, I wonder if the Father in Heaven said, your deliverer is right there. Jesus is standing right next to you. Cling to Him. Stay with Him. Believe in Him, because He is your deliverer. I want to end today by encouraging you to be in God's Word. I know I do it a lot. I know you probably think, pastor's doing this again. Pastor loves the Bible. It's, it's his hobby. He wants us to share his hobby. That's not why. I want you to be in God's Word because of this reason. In God's Word, who do you learn about? Who do you grow in? Who do you believe in? Jesus. Think of the precautions you take to keep yourself from evil from the physical realm. Why would you not take extra precaution to, take, uh, to protect yourself from the spiritual realm, which is far more dangerous? Lead your children to Jesus in the Bible. Get them in the Word. Because it's only in Jesus that you are guarded, protected, and have the security that you need from the ultimate evil that threatens us. And it's through Jesus that you have been delivered, have been rescued. So grow in Him. Let's ask God's blessings on this for this week. Father in heaven, uh, we praise and thank you that you have all control over all things, that you are far greater and far mightier and far more powerful than any evil that exists. We ask that as we uh, live in this world filled with evil, both spiritual and physical, uh, we ask that uh, we, we make your name hallowed in our life. Uh, we ask that no matter what comes, that we live as your children, so that your name be holy uh, through us and other people may see just how holy you are. Uh, be with us and help us to give your name praise and thanks and honor and joy every single day. Uh, Lord, we ask that you come and rule our hearts. Uh, we ask that uh, you take control no matter what comes, no matter what we face. Uh, be with us and rule our hearts and rule the hearts of others uh, and help us to spread your kingdom to other people. We ask that uh, you guide us and lead us and that your will be done in our life. Uh, if, you, if evil comes, we know that your will will be done and you will strengthen our faith. You will give us comfort and you will lead us to where we need to be. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins that you give, have given us. And now as we, we go out into the world, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil in everything we do. We thank you that Jesus has been our rescuer, is our rescuer, and continues to be our deliverer from sin. Help us to never be grasped and trapped in sin, but deliver us every single time. We ask you to be with us this week and continue to bless us as we grow closer with you. In your name we pray. Amen.